So I've, <laughs> I've seen you disarm people with, with handguns in your face a hundred times. And it is, it's remarkable. It's the fastest thing I've ever seen. You know? Well, thank you. It's it's my monkey and symbol show. <laughs> hey, friends. Welcome to the Victor Marks Podcast with Victor Marks, founder of All Things Possible Ministries. Welcome to the show where we bring you real conversations faced with life's hard truths, stories of redemption, and the latest from the front lines. Whether you're on the road, getting your day started, or finally settling in, we've got an exciting new episode planned for you. So let's dive in to today's show. Everybody, welcome to another edition of the Victor Mark Show. I got a friend with me. Actually, he's a good brother. Jimmy Page is who I'm talking about. Jimmy, welcome to the show. And uh, you guys, I I can give a big introduction, but just yeah, yeah. But he, here's the deal: Jimmy's a friend who is a great dad. And he's a solid man. I don't think he's a good man. I just think he's good at being a man. And uh, why are you laughing, Kendall? <laughs> that's pretty profound for a Cajun. Uh, maybe that's what I want on my tombstone or something. He wasn't a good man, but he was good at being a man. Uh, but, yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy, you're the type of guy I look at and go, I wish I could be a dad like he is because I know your son and he's a he's a good lad. But, uh, man, you've been consistent both in ministry, you understand the business world, mm. and uh, welcome to the program. Thanks, man. Hey, you know, that, that I think that's quotable. I think what you said might, might be, you might want to trademark that, copyright that. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Kendall, yeah. make a shirt. <laughs> make- Come on. Tell the team. Oh, it's, uh, well, and it's high well, praise, it's, man. It's, that's high <laughs> praise coming from you, who is some, you're someone that I admire incredibly, you know, just for the work you're doing, for the ministry that you have, for the marriage that you have. And so, you know, you. it's, uh, but we need brothers like each other so that we can live this thing the right way, so that we can be faithful to God, so that we can be better husbands, better fathers, and also so that we have the courage to stand up against the nonsense that's happening in our world, in our culture, and really make a difference. So yeah. there's never been a more important time than right now. Oh, I agree. And, you know, I, hey, I just want to say that it's so important, like me and you were talking right before we came in there, about me being in Israel and leading teams and doing our stuff over there with this war clocking off. Mm. Uh, but I want to say this, folks, you know, kidding up, go doing some stuff is not the highest, you know, good in the sense of what we're called to do. Trying to keep your family together, your home, having a good marriage, trying to be the best parent you can. Yeah. To me, if I don't have a good home life, man, I, nothing good happens <laughs> out there. And uh, I've done every, I've done all the worst things. I remember one time, uh, you know, I posted yesterday uh, some about, um, it was some friends of mine from 24-7 Marriage. It's actually pretty funny. Mm. Uh, I posted a thing and it said, my wife doesn't want to have sex with me. And they give multiple reasons why men need a kind of, and I'll tell you, young, I was joking with my wife one time because it was a cold morning. I was laying next to my hot-bodied woman, 
And she got up to go get us. I said, hey, I get back in this bed. I want us to snuggle. And she's like, I don't want to get coffee. I, said, I command you. I'm the I'm your master husband. You must submit. Get back in this bed right here with me, woman. And she just smiled. <laughs> she goes, yeah, that's not going to happen. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> That's what happens when you marry a strong woman. Oh, completely. Uh, she's like, oh, I know that makes you feel good, but I'll get us <laughs> coffee. So, uh, but yeah, you know, and that's Kendall, young married man. Isn't that the hard balance? How long have you been married? Two years. How old's your baby? Two. I mean, wife, baby, bam, bam. How old are you now? 21. So, I mean, I got a young man right here living the dream. And uh, what I am happy about is he got married early. Yeah. For those of you who don't know Kendall, he's my producer. Um, and just got back from Cambodia uh, on a team mission. Uh, and you brought your bride. That was very cool. So it, life is mm -hmm. tough. But, hey, guys, for you young men listening right now, Jimmy Page is someone you want to get to know. You want to read his books. You want to mm -hmm. follow him. He, you don't give out fodder, which I can always smell fodder a mile away. It's like, oh, this guy's just regurgitating crap. Yeah. Or he's trying to, like, swim, you know, yeah. with the dolphins. It's like, just be you. Yep. Share your life experience. Uh, and you do that so well. Hmm. Why? Tell me about your dad. Yeah. You just tell me about this. Yeah. Well, thanks for that. And, you know, I think part of it is 25 years ago when I or maybe 30 years ago now when I started in leadership positions, I decided that I was never going to teach something to someone else that I had not experienced myself. So that mm -hmm. created this desire to be authentic. And, you know, now anytime I'm on stage, anytime I'm on a podcast, I don't have to make stuff up. I don't have to borrow anybody's yeah, I principles. It. I just get to speak from my own experience and what I've done and I think back to my father, you know, you mentioned my dad, and, and so much goes back um, to that in, in, in positive ways and negative ways, of course. My father was an amazing dad. He was my hero growing up. He was my, my coach. He was um, a, a, probably the best leader that I had ever been around, one of the best wow. communicators I had been around. He was wow. a superintendent of schools in upstate New Whoa. York. And so I felt some pressure as a oh kid to kind of, you know, be good in school and, you know, kind of keep uh, my nose yes. clean. But the interesting thing about my dad was I discovered that he was an alcoholic at the age of, probably my age was around 12. And that's when mm. tremendous abuse, verbal abuse, no physical abuse, but incredible uh, verbal, emotional, mental abuse happened to me, my siblings, my mom. And I witnessed that for years and years. And, oh. and I think the interesting thing about my relationship with my dad was I figured out how to stay out of his way and how to kind of stay in that position of, of the favored one, you know, the golden child. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yep. I discovered that if I did well in sports and if I did well in school, that my dad was just okay with me, you know, and, and yeah. he, he was a fan. Well, and yet that's a survival mechanism. Yeah. That's a coping mechanism that many young people develop. Yes. Uh, and it's that next step beyond, you know, I want to do good. I want my parents approval. Yeah. You know, I need affirmation. It's that 
I need to do and and here's the downside. You tell me if I'm lying. Yeah. You can develop these unhealthy habits of being a perfectionist. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, it, oh, you, oh, you just look down and yeah. bingo. Oh, listen, Bam. listen, you, <laughs> what are you reading my mail? It's, do, you it's reading Dr. My mail? Marks. <laughs> Welcome to the show. I'm Man. putting my glasses on. <laughs> Get me a pipe. Kendall. Exactly. Give me a cigar. I'm going <laughs> to. Well, it's funny you say that. There's a lot of different things. I, I, I think I came to grips with the idea that at some point in my late teen years that I was going to be a man and I was going to be responsible for the decisions that I made. And I wasn't going to hold my father responsible for, oh, for that, what I was doing. So that's huge. That was big, but that's the, huge. that whole perfectionist thing and, and the performance mm. thing, I call it this performance trap. And I was in it because I, I knew what I could do. I knew what I had to do to stay in good relationship with my dad. And it was all about performance. It was all about perfection. I was only as good as my last report card. I was only mm-hmm. as good as my last basketball game or baseball game. And I realized that that put a lot of pressure on me. And the, the interesting thing about that, Victor, and you understand this well, I transferred that dysfunctional relationship that I had with my dad, the good, the bad, and the ugly, to my relationship with God and others. Yep. And, oh, yep. my gosh, my relationship with God was all about earning God's favor and totally. I, could, I couldn't do it. I was exhausted. I was worn out. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. When, when did you get free from that? Because that took me a long time because I'm looking at God the Father through the lens of men who I call dad or yeah. whatever. It, how long did it take you to get free from that? Yeah, well, God uh, surrounded me with a bunch of young men who had what I wanted, and I'll never forget, my brother went away to college at, he went to Ithaca College, and he came back as a born-again believer. And he was reading his Bible at night, and I'm like, huh, John, why are you reading the Bible? You know, don't we just get that on Sunday at church? You know, we we were going to the Catholic Church at the time, which I'm thankful for, to be honest, because it gave me this, this, uh, you know, this foundation of belief. But then I went away to college, and I'll never forget, my mom kind of grabbed me (laughs) before I left, and she said, now, Jimmy, you remember... By the way, when my brother told my mom that he became a Christian, she cried. Oh, wow. I I watched this unfold before me because my mom's a devout Catholic, and I love and respect the fact that my mom is a devout Catholic. But her understanding at the time was if you became a Christian, you were basically rejecting the tenets of the faith that she had raised us in. So she grabbed me on uh, as I'm heading out the door to go to Virginia Tech, and she said, I'll never forget it, she looked in my, my eyes and said, now, Jimmy, you're going to the Bible Belt. But you remember, you are a Catholic. <laughs> and I said, Mom, who are you talking to? I'm the golden child. Of course I'm Catholic. Give me a break. And I, uh, I went away to school. God surrounded me with probably five or six guys that were there that, that I thought we were on the same team. Like We would have these theological conversations, but they had a freedom. They had a joy. They weren't trying to earn God's favor. They had received the free gift of eternal life, and they were living in freedom. And mm. I'll never forget, I said to them, I'm like, I, I don't know why we're different, but I want what you have. And I finally came to that realization that I had to stop working to earn God's favor, and mm. I could receive that free gift of salvation. And I surrendered my life, and I said, God, whatever you want to do with this life, it's yours. And I'm devoted to you. And that was that was uh, my my first year in in college. 
Yes, that's. I love how God ordains the steps of a righteous man. Um, where you're struggling, but you're trying. Yeah. And I tell people, man, fall forward. Yeah. Uh, you know, push, try to seek first the kingdom of God. He'll work all the things out or bring the right people in our lives, right? Yes. Yes. So, hey, yeah. folks, I've got my friend Jimmy Page on the program today. And this this show is sponsored by, you ready for this, Jimmy? I'm just <laughs> starting to learn how to do this sponsor thing. It's sponsored. Ken, why you're laughing? Because this is, I'm no good at this, but I'm going to try. Okay, it's sponsored by, <laughs> I think it's r3living.com. I think. I'm, uh, I need to look at my notes. But what it is, folks, it's a supplement company for nutritional stuff. Mm. But out of all of them, I, I'm going to be, I, I love the sleep aid. Mm. That's what I, because look, 17 pumps into the Middle East plus my childhood. Guarantee you my sleep is one of the most challenged things. But when I take their sleep aid, which I do every night, I have to. It's n both my wife and I, it's not optional. I still have dreams. I still sleep okay, but I don't have stressful dreams. Mm. And what I mean by that, yes, the helicopter crashes, but I get out. Yes, I got to shoot a guy, but I'm not stressed out about it. Uh, it's really, it's really amazing. Is this an endorsement? Uh, you know, maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and folks, if you sign up for these products, 90% of it goes, uh, the profit goes to the ministry, which helps us continue the work we do. And so contact us and say, Hey, what's this R3 living nutritional stuff? And, uh, it's a big blessing to us. I just opened a check from the company yesterday, and I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you. But, again, we really are helping people with health and nutrition. So contact us. Just say, I, I want to find out more about those supplements that can help support the ministry. Mm. We're back, Jimmy. <clears throat> so I wasn't supposed to interject on that little endorsement. That little oh, no, I that. think you are. I, I, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'm getting you on these products. You better. Okay. You better. Uh, yeah. And and I'll tell you I'll tell you the funniest good dream that I had, because uh, I'm not sure if you even know this, um, but I woke up to my wife, was it eight weeks ago, a couple of months ago? I woke up next to her, and I didn't command her to stay in bed, but I did say, honey, I just had a dream that this dude shot at me point blank, literally aimed a pistol at my head, pulled the trigger, click, did it again, click. I closed the gap, took the weapon. He went to get another one, started to shoot him a couple times. <laughs> but I'm laying next to her. I'm like, whoa, that was so real. I mean, like extra real, 4D or whatever it's called. And she goes, whoa. Two o'clock that day, we get up two o'clock that day, a guy shoots at me. Oh, my gosh. Takes a shot at me from a covered position behind a tinted glass, ambushes me. It We measured it, please, so all that. was about a 36-inch shot. Was that about what it was from barrel to my face? About 36 inches. And, uh, man, went through the window frame. I caught some... Uh, fragments in my eye. It's the only mm -hmm. thing, but missed me, missed Amazing. me by two fingers. 
God Almighty protected me. Yeah, and uh, I'm just saying, God will protect you. I tell people, I'm not hard to find, but apparently I'm hard to kill. Yeah. So that's God's protection. You're very resilient. And you know what? You're also very fast. So I've, I've seen you disarm people with, with handguns in your face a hundred times. And it is, it's remarkable. It's the fastest thing I've ever seen. You know. Well, thank you. It's it's my monkey and symbol show. <laughs> uh, I was just on Sean Ryan's program, and he he did the gun this time. He put, you know, and he was, and he he told me he said I got to tell you I was skeptical until the moment I had that gun. So uh, yeah, fun stuff. Yeah. But let's get back to you, Jim. Well, real quick, you know, let's stick let's stay on that topic of of wellness for a minute. You know, okay. Part of my I've got a handful of partners where we we go in and we do what I would consider extreme leadership training, and I know you do a lot of that yourself. Our paths yeah. are going to cross on this. We are going to work together. They, I, I they better. It. Yep. We're right here at the training center. I'm waiting, yes. as Israelis say. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> and uh, with these guys, you know, every every former military, someone that serves in the military many most have ptsd in some degree many oh, for sure most yeah. will not sleep well and those two things kind of working together really work to destroy men and women oh. in that right and so the the idea of sleeping and the idea of taking care of your health the idea of of giving your body what it needs so that you can sleep so that you can get into that deep sleep so that your body can recover is so so important and i think as men We've got to take care of our health. I mean, in fact, I think we're in a position now where we can't just be in okay health. I think we've got to be no. in extraordinary health. I think Thank we've you. got to be prepared for physical confrontation. Thank we've you. got to be prepared for any eventuality in our communities because of the chaos that's happening in our culture. Uh-oh. Now you're starting to get me all excited, brother. <laughs> uh, we call it mission ready. Yeah. I, look, man, I tell men, I take testosterone. testosterone. I... Stop laughing at my English challenge. Kendall, you're only 21. You're not the boss of me. Oh, these young men. Come do a leadership thing down here with him. Um, I, like, I pin myself twice a week, folks. Uh, and I'm like, I want to be at 30-year-old levels yeah. of testosterone. Some people go, well, it seems pretty high. I go, uh, yeah, do the missions I do. Put a pack on you. Put kit. Shoot. The stress of dealing with young producers, yes. just like, you know, it's all very real. Yes. Um, maximum yes. health benefit, and you're right. Sleep is the only thing we can't cheat. Yeah. We can cheat. You know, you can take energy pills. Just, uh, sleep. Yes. And the longest I can go without sleep is about three days. Mm. And then, as my wife says, oh, well, he, here comes Crazyville. And there's been a couple of times I was mayor of it. Literally, I'm like... Three days, no sleep, anxiety, panic. I can't breathe at yeah. night. Uh, it's dark. Yeah. Smallest thing. Wham, I'm up. And and I'm like, uh, I tell my wife, hey, I'm going to get you a pistol case for your pistol by the tub. Because she likes to take tubs. And I'm like, then you can just grab and engage. She's like, honey, you're going to have to back throttle on the hypervigilance. She's like, three dogs, two gates. So, you know, yes. <laughs> solid core doors. I'm like, I am getting a little, I'm, I'm getting a little unbalanced because you got to get sleep. And, uh, I mean, there's been a listen, couple of times. Oh yeah. Listen, where, uh, listen, I'd rather, I'd rather you be hypervigilant than lackadaisical, than complacent and vulnerable. Oh, true. You know, part of what we did here was 
we did a vulnerability assessment of our home of my whole life and in, in, in nice yeah and you know we've kind of talked this through with the kids who are all grown now my youngest is is my daughter she's a junior at liberty university and you know jake well jake is actually yeah. how we got connected my son jake that's right and you actually trained him uh, in, uh, in a bunch of kind of hand-to-hand combat techniques. And he grew like crazy. And you'll be happy to know, and I don't know if you've talked to him in the last couple months, but he has done jujitsu for the last uh, year and a half. And he oh. he is lethal. He's a beast. He's yeah, dangerous. He's a beast. Yes. It changed. And that's that's what I wanted for him. Yes. You know, I'm I'm a log jam remover. Mm. I, I don't I don't want to work with anybody consistently long about time because God has me working with masses. But yeah. to un to to assess your son and I go, man, you're a warrior that needs to you need to get with it. Yeah. And I showed him just a few things. We trained for a bit and then boom, that's what yeah. he needed. Yes. And young men need to train. Yes. Young men need to train. Uh, I was at the gym working out, and you know, I always talk smack with some young guys if I'm in a mood. I said, "Hey, man, how old are you?" He's like, "Ah, oh, you know, senior." I said, uh, "Train hard." I said, "We need you." Yes. He's like, "What?" I go, "There's no one else." Yes. We we have no one else. No. I said, "I've done my deal." I said, "You know," and he got enthused when we started talking about. Uh, we've rescued people from ISIS and mm. pedophiles. Like, ah, I said, you don't jump right there. You got to start there mm-hmm. and work your way up. But I said, yes. man, train. Yes. So I want us to move to this mm. next topic, which is relevant and current. Mm. And it goes right along with your books. Folks, you got to get these books. Kingdom Patriots, Righteous Revolution. It's a series. And then End Times Optimist. Yes. I love this. But when I came back from Israel recently, after seeing the massacre of Hamas, mm. uh, I was a little shook in two areas. Mm. One was emotional, which it takes a lot for me to get moved emotionally. But, you know, I told my wife, my bride, I said, babe, the amount of children's blood and crap that I walked in, in all these homes that were attacked, the massacre, the the sheer mass mm. of how many people were killed, brutalized, tortured, raped, yeah. older women, hips broke, burned alive in chairs. I seen it. I saw it firsthand. Children, blood everywhere, little handprints of blood on walls, trying to escape, all of it. I told my wife I would never wear my boots again. I will never wear those boots. And after mm. I told her that, I haven't. But the second thing, Jimmy, is I realized, and I talked to my Intel team and our analysts, and I go, what's the, and actually one of my board members, Hmm. Buddy Jericho, and he leads our Pedophile Hunter Task Force. He's got over 3,000 interrogations of bad guys. Hmm. Over the years, he was with Deathly. He said, Victor, in meetings I'm having with all the three-letter agencies, he goes, it's kind of not if, but when. There are so many bad people in the U.S. right now. Yes. That even the FBI director was like, well, you know, there's a hundred and something yes. known terrorists that made it through. Folks, there are thousands. Yes. And what's so critical right now is any involvement with the U.S. helping fight Hamas mm. or engaging against Hezbollah, that will give the extremist Muslims 
this justification to set so many cells off. And that's just one. Yeah. There's so many. You got the Chinese here. You got yeah. uh, folks. Yeah. This is what I'm telling y'all. And you tell me if you agree or disagree. Uh, I did a little Zoom meeting. And I, uh, you know, I said, I was hoping maybe 50, 75 people. Would sign. Over 5,000 people registered for a Zoom Unreal. meeting, Jimmy. Unreal. And, and they're like, what do we do? I said, get involved with a home uh, neighborhood watch. Start one. Yeah. It's a national deal. Upgrade it to like 2.0 because it's there's an insurgency here. Yeah. You got to figure out how to find out the people who can shoot. Get good rifles. Yeah. Because over there they didn't have the proper rifles or enough. There was only like ten weapons, ten rifles per community of like a hundred people. Yeah. And Jimmy, they only allowed like fifty rounds per rifle. So they uh, they self-admit, the IDF and the SF guys we're working with in the units over there right now, that our ministry is helping support, equip, train, and then we're, the other side is we're helping all the kids and family members who survived. It's it's horrible. Yeah. Is yeah. they were underprepared, underprepared. Yes. And they underestimated the enemy. What can you speak and encourage people about preparedness? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You know, so many people won't do anything until the crisis hits, right? And, right. and we're always telling people, look, you, you cannot catch up once a crisis arrives at your doorstep. There is no catching up. This is the truth. Yeah. And so you've got to right now decide where are we vulnerable, in what ways do we need to become more prepared, to literally to handle physical conflict. Yes. And, you know, even just to prepare your wives and daughters for being out in the community at the Walmart, which I don't recommend you shop at Walmart, but if you do, you should be prepared. Totally. Um, you know, but you have to be prepared and you have to get prepared in advance. And part of the reason that I've taken that so seriously is our relationship, of course, but also this idea that I remember when COVID first started, right? The COVID uh, hoax, if you will. I mean, nobody's going to deny that there was a virus, but the way we handled that put us in in such a vulnerable position, of course, mm. destroyed our economy. But worse than that, it, it, I think for me, it exposed what was happening. Now, you know, one of the things I've done uh, as I jumped into this fight for freedom a couple of years, left my job with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, is I said, all right, how can I be most effective? And part of that was to amplify the voices of freedom fighters. One of those guys, wow. and you and I talked, you were actually one of my first guests. I'm so yeah, thankful thank for that. You. Now we've, oh, done, yeah, almost, we've done 100 shows, you know? Whoa. Yeah. Yeah, it's really amazing. Wow. And one of the guys, and you may know him, his name is J.J. Carroll. He was a 24-year Border Patrol agent. And oh, over the wow. course of two 30-minute segments with him, he, he opened my eyes to a whole new reality about what is coming across our border. And this is intentional, right? We've invited yeah. an invasion. We have invited this invasion. And, you know, we're talking about 8, 9, 10 million. Some people say many more millions than that, but let's just say 8 to 10 million. No, We don't know who any of these people are, but we do know that most of them now are young military-age men. Completely. They are from 160 different countries, and we have created this superhighway, as J.J. would call it, a superhighway for human trafficking, child exploitation, an incredible increase in lethal drugs and crime. These people, now this is, you know, whether you agree with this strategy or not, uh, some of our governors are shipping these 
uh, illegal invaders throughout the country. And Very they are in cities. In fact, they're one hour from you. In fact, you probably have a whole bunch in, in Colorado Springs. We've, we've got thousands in Denver now. Uh, no one knows what to do with them. But what we do know, and we're seeing it now in the Hamas, it goes, kind of goes back to your, you know, the Israel-Hamas conflict. We yeah. are now seeing open protests in favor of the terrorist group Hamas. People will say pro-Palestine. That's a bunch of nonsense. They are in favor of the terrorist group Hamas, and they're in major cities all over the country, as you know, and that would ne- that would be unthinkable in a Western nation built on God-given rights and freedoms. That would be unthinkable. Ten years ago. Oh. Ten years ago. Yeah. Yes. Who? Would... Yes. Never. 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 So what we're doing is we're exposing what's happening. We're opening people's eyes to the very real risk in their communities so that they can then take the steps necessary for personal defense to, so that they can defend themselves, their families, their loved ones, and their communities. You know, in our neighborhood alone, I've, I was just thinking across the street here, I said, look, I can't be the only one in the neighborhood that's aware of the threat. And so now we've got a number of people in the neighborhood who have said, hey, I'm willing to be prepared and be aware. And I think that goes a long way. It does. But yeah. let me ask you, because I, I think Americans are starting to wake up because yep. we live under this anesthesia of apathy. Yes. Of, well, you know, and hey, when Kaka hits the fan, <laughs> that's not the time to make a plan. No. It's the time to respond appropriately because you're prepared. Yes. And how do you, what would you do? Well, first of all, how can people, everybody listen, stop <laughs> what you're doing. If you're flying a plane, Put it neutral. <laughs> if you're driving, <laughs> pull over. No, listen. I, I, everybody listen. Because Jimmy's really, you're on to something right here, and it supports our efforts. What can people do to start this process yeah. of getting to know their neighbors, yes. finding out? And it's not just who's the shooters. Right. And if some guys can shoot, well, y'all need to go to the range and make sure – and then discuss, well, hey, what's behind what you're shooting at? How, you know, yes. what do you need to do? How do two of you work together? Have you yes. practiced at night? Like our neighbor, mm-hmm. he's an old geezer. <laughs> I, I hope I'm half him when I'm his age. And uh, and then, you know, I got my in-laws who are mm-hmm. both 89. And, I mean, I asked him another day, are, y- are y'all going to die anytime soon? Because <laughs> they're, they're living in one of our homes. On a little ranch, it's a little ranch house. I'm like, I want to, I want to come here. I want to live here one day. <laughs> They're, and we have cameras to watch after him. The, he's 89 doing counter push-ups. Yes, a hundred every day. Yeah. I'm like, Bill, cut it out, man. My wife sees you, and I'm. She's like, you better get it, son. You better get to but, work. <laughs> yeah. So part of this whole preparedness. Is knowing your neighbors. Yeah. Who's the elderly? Mm-hmm. What if the power goes off and yeah. somebody needs electricity, right? Yes. This whole I, I I'm done with and I've been outspoken against the prepper mentality mm-hmm. of I had a pastor tell me, you know, like, well, you know, you know, I got rounds and mm-hmm. and but people talk like they're gonna shoot their neighbors if yeah. they come to get their food. I'm like yeah. I said, my wife and I have lived yeah. the apocalypse. Yes. We used to have a house in Iraq. You don't shoot your neighbors. You shoot bad people. Yes. 
and it works. I had to tell one person, he's like, how many? I said, just shoot one, let them lay in your yard and blow up. That's a great deterrent. Yeah. The smell's bad, but it's a deterrent. And yeah. so we have to take care of our neighbors. We got to yes. find out where the single moms, Yes. right? Yes. But where can people go? Like, I want people to go listen to this podcast yep. you did yep. with this board retreat. Where can they go? Yeah. Well, I think a couple thoughts real quick. You know, first of okay. all, if they go to if they go to our website and get signed up for our newsletter, much like you, you're putting out real time information that people need. Yes, uh, that's what that's what I do, and we're creating resources for people so that they can know exactly what those steps are. And that's that End Times Optimist book, which is coming out. So all three of those books in the series come out after the new year. Yes, the End Times Optimist book is important because it talks about number one having the mindset of a protector, of a provider, but in particular of that protector, that warrior mindset, right? And the idea is you have to be able to get over the fact that this can happen. It, right. Most people don't think this can happen. They think, we're in America, this is never gonna happen. I'm like, listen, go to any major city in, in the world and, and in this country now, and you'll it'll change your mind. But you have to start to change your mindset that it can happen and that you have an obligation to be prepared, to be ready. You know, we talk a lot about, um, for men in particular and for women, get that inner circle of, of other guys that are like-minded, that believe the same way you do, and then start having these conversations. That's where you start. So I'm cherry-picking some of my neighbors saying, hey, this could happen. How can we be more prepared? And the reason that you want to prepare, you said, hey, you get on these preppers. And, and you know, I used to, too, before I got challenged by what I would consider a world-class prepper. He said, what benefit are you going to be to anybody there. if you're unprepared? Right. I don't want to be a debtor. I don't want to be the guy that needs help. I'm perfectly capable right now of taking responsibility for my life, my family, and getting prepared so that I can bless other people in my neighborhood and in my yes. community, right? And if you're, if you're a man of God and you're not thinking in terms of how you can positively impact those around you and introduce them to Christ, you are not on mission. So you've got to take this seriously and that. get your act together. So oh, man, number one, get that inner circle together, get iron sharpening iron, and talk about practical, real-world strategies for helping each other and helping your neighbors. And then secondly is to expand from there, right, is to tell that message with your church community, with others in your community, so that people's eyes are open to this, Victor, because, you know, most people are still sleepwalking. They are still right. asleep. So, oh, right. Are you, you surprised know. that we had over 5,000 registered for for a Zoom, unbelievable. I mean, seriously, that's unbelievable. Outrageous. It is, but it, it shows uh, it shows you that people now they have a degree of uncertainty and unsettledness that they haven't had probably in their lifetime, and right. they're coming and, to grips with the fact that bad things are happening. Nothing feels right, you know. Even the most right. far left, well, maybe not the farthest left, but people that are moderate. Even they will admit, man, nothing feels right. <laughs> you know, right. it feels like, this, it, yeah. Well, this year coming too yes. is nothing but a, 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 an absolute chance of the greatest chaos we've ever experienced yes. because of the election. Yes. The uncertainty in the world. I asked people, I said, the day before 
Yeah, I asked people this in a survey. I said, what country did you least expect would be attacked by terrorists successfully? Well, I would have said Israel. Yeah. And, and, and that's what everybody said. Yeah. Israel was the, that's the last country we would have ever thought would have been taking a successful hit. Yes. Uh, by terrorists. And it was. Yeah. Then that started making America go, ah. Oh. So, folks, I want to put this in perspective. Mm. You know, um, they were prepared for 8 to 12 Hamas attackers on any kibbutz or community. Mm. Um, that's why the lack of weapons, the lack of ammo, uh, when over 2,000 Hamas fighters just steamrolled in. They, they didn't expect Hamas to be able to jam cell signals, mm. but they did. Because they, everybody thought Hamas is just these little untrained thugs. Well, they've got backing, and they were using North Korean weapons. They, wow. you know, there's talk about anti-tank weapons and things, you know, that were sent to Ukraine, Jeez. and we'll find out the rest of it. But they were unprepared and they underestimated their enemy. Yes. So I want to put this in perspective for Americans. Mm. Uh, there was a there was a shooter recently in Maine. One single guy. He killed 18 people, wounded 33. Mm. He was a good guy. I have to put him in the good guy category that snapped, got demonized, something, just flipped out. Mm. But former military, you know, weapons instructor. One guy. Nobody even stopped him. No one stopped him. He ended up killing himself after his rampage. Can you imagine four men, fully trained, fully equipped, better than him, rolling up in a vehicle and going into a church. How's your church security going to stop them? Wow. They have long rifles. They have body armor. They have helmets. Yes. They have ear. They, it's a coordinated effort. Yes. And this is what I was told by the intelligence community that is on top of this, which we're part of. They're looking for soft targets. Yes. That's where they're going after. Yes. But even a sporting event, mm -hmm. if you had five groups of four guys enter a major football game, college, whatever, professional, they're going to kill the cops that are there. Mm -hmm. The cops are not going to be slinging rifles. They're going to kill any resistance. They're going to go in. They'll be able to throw, you know, explosive devices because yeah. they're playing. And hundreds, if not thousands, are going to be killed. Yeah. If this coordinated effort, an attack happened in America, on one day, it would shut our nation down. Because yeah. one, and I tell people this, 911 is not your answer. 911 yeah. is not your answer. Nope. You've got to prepare, just like Jimmy is talking about. I want you all to go to ufafreedom.com. That's U-F-A-Freedom. That's the letter U, ufafreedom.com. Sign up for Jimmy's newsletter. Start following Listen to things he's done. Mm -hmm. He is on top of this, and we're very excited about the books coming out. But mm -hmm. it's um, uh, I, I'm proud to know he's your friend, mm -hmm. as a brother. You're you're a warrior, and warriors have different lanes they run in, mm -hmm. and and like I often hear people go, "Well, you know, I've I've never I was never in the military." I'm like, "So doesn't matter." Or I hear guys in the military go, well, I never served in combat. I go, so? I know guys that were like, okay, 
I was in combat, but I stayed on the fob. I never went out and did anything. So I heard guys go, I went out, I did patrols, and, you know, all we fought were IEDs that blew up. I never even got to shoot my weapon. And they come back all yeah. torqued and twisted. And I'm talking even mm. some high-level soft guys. Yeah. So, folks, being prepared at home, being a warrior in the lane you run in is what's most important. Keep your family together. Have uh, seek God's kingdom first, because ultimately we're all off this earth anyway. Mm. And and what's your what's your escape plan yeah. for eternity? Yeah. How, how are you prepared for that? And mm. and Jimmy, as we close, um, um, I, I ask my guests two questions. <laughs> first time guest. So the first one is, and you know us, you've been out here, so you have a little. As a, yeah, but what is your perception? Most people base decisions on they watch videos or read my book. What's your perception of Eileen and I, or our ministry, mm. of, of, of who we are and what we do? What would you tell people? Yeah, I would just say that you're the real deal. You know, that you're authentic well, all the way through. The, there's no pretense. You. You're not pretending to be something you're not. You, and what I do love about you all is you do talk about your marriage and you share the ups and the downs. You know, yeah. you're very transparent about that. Um, but the other thing Some is... Some people go, that's uncomfortably transparent. Yeah, oh yeah, well, th that's that's true too, but um, <laughs> but it's good. It gives people permission to be real, and I think yeah. you're committed to marriage, you're committed to family, and you're committed to making a difference in the world. So, And the other thing I do think is you're kingdom-minded, you know, you love Jesus, you're unapologetic about your love for Jesus... And that is what it's going to take ultimately to fix the culture and to win the culture war. Uh, well, first of all, thank you. And I agree. I mean, you know, I many, you know, I've, I've spoken like you yeah. um, and coached and counseled and encouraged mm. very successful men in every, the one percenters I call it. I don't yeah. care what aspect. And many just don't have a, plan yeah for life and eternity mm. they became successful and you know i've always said you your skills and talents can take you to a place where mm. your character can't sustain you yeah and good character is to be a champion for life yes but ultimately we all do die and that's my second question <laughs> for jimmy page what happens to you when you breathe your last when you you know what do you believe about after death, and why do you believe it? Well, I mean, you know, the Scripture tells us, which, you know, I rely on as my source of truth, you know, the person of okay. Christ, is that, you know, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So, you know, you talk about uh, this life is such a short window. I mean, if we get 70, we get 80, we get 90 years. If we're lucky, we get 100. Yeah. But eternal life in Christ means that I've given up my life, I've surrendered my life, I've trusted in his sacrifice for me so that when I die, I actually live on, and I live on in eternity with Christ. So, you know, that's an assurance. You know, when you know the end of the story, it helps you live differently. So I think that's probably the most important thing for me is knowing that my eternity is secure. I'm going to be living forever with Christ and other believers. That allows me to operate with confidence to operate with courage and a lot less concerned about what happens to me here on this on this side. Well, that's got to be one of the best answers I've ever heard on the mm -hmm. podcast. And mm -hmm. 
And let me ask you this. There's somebody listening right now going, wow, okay, mm-hmm. how, do I, how do I do that? I'm, I'm not religious or, yeah. you know, I, I'm not a church goer. How do I have that type of assurance like Jimmy has? Yeah. How do they help the listener, the yeah. person watching, have that right now. Yeah. Well, I think the first step is to be open to what to the fact that God cares about you, he loves you and that he really does want to speak to you and reveal himself to you. You know, a lot of times that's the first step and what I'll tell people is, "Hey, if you're skeptical about about God and you're skeptical about the story of Jesus and the fact that he lived, he died, he rose again from the dead to forgive you of your sins, if you're skeptical, ask him to reveal himself to you. Ask him to bring people like Victor, like myself, like others, into your path, and then be open enough to listen to the truth as they give it to you. So for me, it is the simplest equation. I remember when I, when I came to Christ, when I stopped trying to do it my way, when I stopped trying to earn God's favor, and I said, boy, I, this can't be the way this is. I, I prayed a simple prayer. I just said, Lord, I'm, I'm tired. I need you. I believe that your son... Uh, lived a perfect life, that he died, and that he was risen again from the death, from dead, to to take my sins away and to restore me to right relationship with you. Will you save me? And I surrender. I give you my life. And it was that easy. And God came in. I'll never forget it because I was carrying such a burden of performance and trying to do it all myself. It felt like I dropped a 100-pound backpack in that moment. Like, okay, that's freedom. That's freedom in Christ. Oh gosh, yeah. love that, folks! It it's as simple as that. Mm. The gospel is the good news That's that Christ has come to reconcile us to the yes. Father, a loving God, and and Christ did that by dying on that cross. Yes, and just call out to Him. Yes. There's there's prayers. I'll pray a prayer with you right now. It but the prayer's not magical. Yeah, it's just you know, it's just your heart getting right with God. Yes, so. Uh, some people like to be led in prayer. I'll say a little prayer for those of you who right now say, I, I want that. So just just say this prayer from your heart out loud, whatever. Just say, Jesus, please forgive me of the wrongs that I've done in my life. I recognize it now. Please cleanse me of all unrighteousness and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I want to be born again. And I want to follow you as not only my Savior for eternity, but my Lord on this earth right now. And God, bring people into my life that will help me grow. Keep the plantings of the enemy out of my life Mm -hmm. that will seek to hinder, destroy, or hurt me in my relationship with you. And God, work all things out for your glory. And I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So that's it right amen. there. Folks, if you pray that, you have eternal life. And right now, you should write a check for $1 million <laughs> and send it into ATP Ministries uh, to assure. Yeah, I, I see what some people think. They're like, okay, what's the... What's the catch? catch? There is no catch, folks. We love you. No catch. And, um, you know, we're, we're mm. grateful that Jim and I could spend time mm. talk about some things that matter, but end on what ultimately matters. So again, 
Um, I would encourage you, write this down. Um, it, it's, it's important that you don't forget to go to ufafreedom.com, mm. Google Jimmy Page, not the guitar star, <laughs> but ufafreedom.com. Get on that newsletter, uh, folks. Uh, and Jimmy, again, like my Israeli friends say, we're waiting. As my SF commander buddy was fighting Hamas, mm. I said, we're coming back, which we are. He says, we're waiting. <laughs> so we're waiting for you to come down to the training center. Yes. And, you know, we'll get you lunch, cook, we'll train, and we'll fellowship. Folks, wherever you are and whatever you're doing, man, do it for the glory of God. Mm. Man, you need a mission. There's not a better one than to follow God's plan for your life. So until next time, God bless y'all. And uh, we'll see you right here on the show. God bless y'all. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work we're doing around the world at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Be sure to drop us a comment in the review section if today's show has impacted you in any way or if there's anything you'd like to hear more of. We're always encouraged to hear from you. Thanks for spending your time with us. Until next time.